This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And here we are at the midweek point, for some of you anyway. James Golden with you here on 77 WABC. And we have so much, as usual, to discuss. If you'd like to be part of the program today, you can do that. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. We have new superheroes that have been announced. We have, uh, you know, this Democrat congresswoman who says, this is a story from BizPack Review, that blaming Joe Biden for record gas prices is, quote, unquote, un-American. It's un-American to blame Joe Biden for the record gas prices that his policies are responsible for. No, we're all supposed to just look the other way and blame Vladimir Putin. Putin. Because, because Democrats, of course, think that Joe Biden can do no wrong. The American people don't share that view, by the way. Not at all. Not in the least. But there's another story that caught my eye, and I, I have kind of ambiguous feelings about it. I wonder how some of you, especially in those members of law enforcement who listen here, and we have a lot of people from the law enforcement community and from the judicial branch and from and just people interested in law enforcement topics. I wonder what you guys think about this. Eric Adams, our mayor, and we have never had a mayor that dress that dresses like Eric Adams. Every time I see this guy, it's like he just stepped off the cover of GQ magazine. He is immaculate. I don't think we've had a mayor since maybe Jimmy Walker, back when the Democrats were in the heyday of their um, Tammany Hall days, that dressed like Eric Adams. I mean, this guy could be a model. Nonetheless, the mayor slammed civilians. He was at uh, he was in Queens. He was at College Point in Queens. He spoke ahead of a police academy training session for the New York Police Department's revamped anti-gun units. He slammed civilians who film police officers arresting perpetrators at a close distance, and I suppose that's the caveat at a close distance. And he warned that they're creating a dangerous environment, making the jobs of law enforcement officers even harder than they already are. The mayor said, stop being on top of my police officers 
while they're carrying out their jobs. That is not acceptable. It won't be tolerated. That's a very dangerous environment you're creating when you're on top of that officer who has an understanding of what he's doing at the time, yelling, police brutality, yelling at the officer, calling them names. Now he has to worry about who's behind him. The mayor said, if an officer's on the ground wrestling with someone that has a gun, they shouldn't have to worry about somebody standing over them with a camera while they're wrestling with somebody. He says that this, this, what happens here is not acceptable and it's not going to continue to happen, really. Okay, a few things on this. Now, I understand, and it is, it has to be a distraction for law enforcement officers that are being shouted down with police brutality when they're just conducting an an arrest or doing their job, and, and the people that are gathering around them have no clue as to why the person's being arrested, what they're doing, or whatever. I understand that that could be a complete distraction. And in some cases, the mayor is right. It could be dangerous. However, stop being on top of my police officers while they're carrying out their job. Mr. Mayor, bruh, they're not your police officers. These are New York City police officers. They do not belong to you. You are passing through just like every other mayor that's come and gone has done. And you're going to go one day just like everyone else does. They're not your police officers. These police officers are not serving you. They are serving the city of New York. And you're ignoring something here, Mr. Mayor. And I look, I support, disclaimer up front, I support law enforcement to the fullest extent. I think the people that are our first responders doing law enforcement are heroes. And I agree that they should not be subject to abuse. That said... There are rogue police officers that deserve to be filmed while they're doing what it is that they're doing. And the idea that free citizens can't use their cell phones to film police officers, well, man, you better check your First Amendment, buddy. People have a right to speech, to free speech, and... If we can look at past court rulings, that speech isn't limited to just what comes out of their mouth. The freedom of expression and recording something is totally within the rights of American citizens. This is not Russia, where if you if you speak against the dictatorship the next week or so, you're found packed up in little pieces in a suitcase. Well, then again, there was the Clinton administration. Uh, Never mind. Um, The point is, if it is done at a safe distance, there is no harm in citizens filming events that go on in their neighborhoods. 
again, I do not agree with harassing police officers with this business of calling them names while they're trying to conduct an arrest. I'm not in favor of that. I am not in favor of interfering with their work by being too close while they're trying to do their job, putting yourself in danger and also putting the officers in danger should never happen. But I've seen circumstances. I was in um, one of these places where these teenagers were gathered at spring break. And I mean, it was a huge and ugly crowd. I don't know how I ended up there. And I saw this cop, this police officer, pretty much snatch a camera from a girl's hand that was recording what was going on. I said to myself, how is this possible? He has no constitutional right to take her phone. And I've heard instances all since cell phones became widespread. Various times over the years, I've heard about uh, police officers taking someone's phone and smashing it. I have a friend of mine that's a reporter, a journalist. She was out covering one of the riots, and she got her phone taken from her. And no, the police officers do not have a right to stop you from filming. And, and th- this, this business of Eric Adams going after the civilians that pay his salary and pay the salary of New York's finest, he owes the people, of, in, in my view, this is just arrogance on parade. I wish he'd sound so angry about all these criminals that are still roaming the streets. There's another story today about how Asian women, not just in New York, but in Atlanta, are terrified, terrified. Because they think they're being targeted. They are being targeted in some cases. Even elderly Asian women being randomly attacked. Now, James knows, yes, that this is not limited to Asian women. If you go in certain neighborhoods in this city, the criminals, the super predators, prey on anybody they think can can yield money or whatever it is they're looking for. Some people just have a gratification for violence, and they'll lash out at anybody. And thanks to the progressives in this town, we have more and more of these criminals, more and more of these super predators roaming the streets. But in recent weeks, we have seen, in recent months, this uptick of violence against Asian women. And this has got to stop. Maybe the mayor should just sound as angry about that as he does about people filming my police. How come the mayor isn't leading the charge? And I mean leading the charge full-time, naming names, telling people he's going to run against them in their next election unless they reverse this horrid bail reform that allows these super predators out on the street. Why isn't he so, why isn't he angry enough about that, that he can deliver a blistering speech? Like I say, this guy, this, 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 this mayor Adams, I, I've never seen a mayor that looks better in front of a camera. I mean, this guy is the epitome of, of classiness when it comes to how he presents himself impeccable. But that's not what New York needs right now. 
New York needs a mayor that's going to get to the bottom of this crime wave and start locking these criminals up and keeping them behind bars. New York needs a mayor that actually is concerned about the failing schools in minority neighborhoods that become a drag on the entire education department of the city of New York. New York City needs a mayor that will go to this budget and start finally cutting out some of the fraud, waste, and abuse that results in in New York City taxpayers paying millions of dollars. We still don't have an accounting of all that money that de Blasio handed over to his wife to allegedly spend on mental health reforms. Why isn't the mayor concerned about that? Why isn't he angry about that? On another note, there is a story for those of you that love and remember what New York City's Chinatown used to be like. There's a story in the New York Times, the old gray lady today, about the number of Chinese street signs that are disappearing because the Chinese population in Chinatown is is shrinking. And it used to be that you could go to Chinatown and see many streets have an English name and underneath it the Chinese name. The signs are everywhere. Used to be. It gave Chinatown such an amazing flavor. And now it's going, well, I, I'm this story in the New York Times, if you were going to print it out, it prints out to about 26 pages, and it's filled with wonderful pictures of New York then and now. For those of you that are just that just love seeing the old New York, the New York you grew up with, this is an article that I would say, see, the New York Times, one of the reasons I continue to read it, they're, look, their political pages are garbage. They're a bunch of fake news. They're a bunch of Trump haters. We know that. But when you go beyond the political reporting, there are still some journalists left at this paper. Why they stay there, I don't know, but at least there are some journalists. Not in the political side, very often not on, the, on, on a lot of the cultural slash political side, but sometimes you can see these amazing stories like this one, and it is worth the read if you happen to have a copy of the New York Times today. It's just an interesting peek at old New York. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerd. We're going to take your calls as soon as we can. We have some other things to get into. Marvel has a new superhero. We'll delve into that when we come back. Don't go away. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. WABC, Talk Radio 77. Every day I write the list of reasons why I still believe they do exist. Annie Lennox. And even though it's hard to see the glass is full and not half empty. This is a masterpiece. It is a production masterpiece. It is a vocal masterpiece. It is a musical masterpiece. 
Annie Lennox is just so amazingly talented. Thank you for being with us. Here's a story that is a little bit out of the way, and I have a reason for bringing it up. Um, this is, this is the, for the first time in its history, architecture's top award goes to a black architect. Now, I can already hear from, oh, here we go with this first black stuff. We're not going to stop this. Now, there's a reason that I'm doing this story. The guy's name is, if I can get it right, DeBedo Francis Kitty. He is, was born in Burkina Faso, a little village in West Africa. And he said, can you imagine, I was born in Burkina Faso in this little village where there was no school. And my father wanted me to learn how to read and write very simply because then I could translate or read him his letters. This story appeared, by the way, in NPR. Yeah, I do read the liberals, too, as well as the conservative media, which I totally support. Now, he lives in Benin, West African nation, and I'm not going to go through the whole article. My point is this. Unlike America, where we have billions and billions and billions, as Carl Sagan might say, billions of dollars flowing into the education system, there are still places in the world like in nations in West Africa, and they're not the only ones, where there are no schools for the children, where if you want an education, it is totally up to you to go get one. And you have to have the drive. You have to go through all sorts of things that you don't. No one's giving you a free lunch. No one's going to give you free lunch in the summer in these places. You're going to go to school. You may even be hungry. They're not going to have big parent-teacher association meetings. They're not going to have all the creature comforts of a classroom. They're not going to have the latest of technology. But you know what happens in places like this? Occasionally we hear about men and women, like Mr. Carey, who comes from a country where every odd seems to be stacked against him, and yet, he exceeds, and not only does he exceed, he excels. And this used to be the American dream, that you can come here with nothing, that you can come here with nothing in your pocket and make a living for yourself. And if you have the will and the ambition and the aptitude and you work hard and you keep working, it will pay off for you. Now, in America, what we have are excuses in far too many cities. Yes, we still are a nation of high performers. I'm not saying that at all. But we have entire generations of kids in the inner city that we have surrendered to ignorance. We've surrendered them to ignorance. We don't care whether they succeed or not. Certainly the Democrats who won these blue cities don't care. They don't care if they live or not. They don't care. That if it's a 24-year-old man, he's not likely to see 30 because another black man is going to shoot him to death. They don't care about the misogyny and the vile messages that are pouring through the music and the so-called art. 
And here you have, here you have, in this West African nation, a sign of what is possible with rugged individualism and rugged ambition. I'm going to learn. I'm going to achieve anyway, despite all the odds in front of me. And I will tell you what, his designs are amazing. When you look at the architecture, they didn't give him this on the come. They gave him this because he deserved it. He deserved to be recognized from merit. And that is what the United States of America, that is what more than anything else, or almost anything else, we need to get back to, where we appreciate individual effort, individual sacrifice, individual responsibility, and where we stop looking at people by their skin color or by their gender and start looking at what they do. What is the merit of this human being? And that's the lesson of that story to me. Let's go to the phones and let's speak with John in the Bronx. John, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden. Good afternoon, James. It's an honor to talk to you. My pleasure. Thank you. I think you hit the nail on the head with your evaluation of Eric Adams. I worked under four different mayors who never referred to the police department as a point of ownership. Koch and Giuliani were very protective, and Dinkins and Bloomberg seemed to have a little respect. But for Eric Adams to show this level of hubris, to say that it's his police department, this is coming from an ex-cop who is the most anti-cop cop who ever hit the papers. And I worked in the 80s and 90s and the aughts. This, it, it's insane that nobody's focusing on this. Well, I am focusing on it because it hit me, and it, immediately when I read it, I was immediately, immediately triggered into what is he talking about, his police department. And I just agree with you. The humor is, is just amazing. And, I, and, you know, New York is waiting to see action. They don't want these hubris-filled speeches. They don't want all this pleasant talk and, and Mr. GQ image everywhere. They want a safe city. And if this guy doesn't understand and start restoring safety to New York, he's a one-term mayor. Thank you for the uh, call, John. Appreciate it very much. Let us go to Steve in Manhattan, New York. Steve, welcome. You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. How are you doing today? Hello, Steve. Well, St- Steve, we will move on. Let us go to Tommy in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. What's up? Hey, James, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Uh, hey, hey. I'm a veteran. I'm a veteran, and my daughter and son-in-law are both police officers. And while you were talking about when people get close, it's very dangerous when, when people get in and trying to get a better picture with their cell phone, but I don't think they realize just how you know, a fluid a situation like, like, like that can be. And they could bang into people and, you know, they could think that somebody's trying to hurt them. You know, you never know. It's just bad. People should just understand that. I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it, but. No, you've explained I mean, it. Look, you have explained it. And if you noticed in my remarks, I said I understood this idea of what the mayor said about people being too close. 
And I totally get and agree with that. You have to give police officers room to do their jobs. But this idea somehow that people can't film police, <laughs> yeah, better get over that one because that's not going to happen. People have cell phones and they're going to use them. And I don't care what this mayor thinks he's going to do or how much power he thinks he has. He's not going to stop people from filming incidents with law enforcement. And he shouldn't even put that out there. Anyway, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. WABC Talk Radio 77. Let's go to Danny in Long Island. Danny, what is your take on all of this? Well, uh, I was a lieutenant in the police department. I worked in Times Square as a cop in the 80s, back before cell phones. But everybody had cameras. And I remember this is going back 40 years. You were told people film me, have every right to film you, take pictures. And that's part of the show. So don't do anything you don't want to do. And I know guys who got in more trouble for turning around and swatting a camera out of someone's hand. Then and that's I don't understand why the mayor went there. It's it's unconstitutional. You're going to get people in trouble. You can snap away anything you want. If I ask you to move back because you're in a crime scene, that's a separate thing altogether. I'm asking you to move back. I'm not asking you to stop taking films. You can never tell anyone to stop taking pictures of you. That's a, this is America we live in here. I don't understand why he went there. It's a no-win situation. And if a cop ever gets in trouble. Well, I'm rolling the film of Eric Adams speaking, saying that. It's it's mind-boggling to me why he went in that direction. Danny, thank you so much. So clear, so brief and precise. And amazingly precise you were. Thank you. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. We're coming back. We have more news to go through. There's some more Disney news. I wanted to hold hold off on the Rodent Kingdom and not get them to later in the show. And also Marvel. Marvel has a new superhero. I know many of you can't wait. Can't wait. Once you find out this new superhero, you're going to be lining up. trying to. When can I get in the movies and see her? Okie dokie. Coming right back. Don't go anywhere. Back in a minute. A station built just for you. Entertaining talk, information, and New York opinions. That is 100% on target. The world famous and American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. WABC Traffic and Transit. In the Hudson Valley, uh, Hudson Valley, I should say, volume building, White Plains, I-287 cross Westchester Expressway, westbound between the Taconic and Exit 5, New York, routes 119 and 100. New Rochelle, stop and go, Hutchison River Parkway, northbound between North Avenue and, and Mamaroneck Avenue. Pella Manor, stop and go, Hutchison Parkway, northbound between Boston Post Road and Cross County Parkway, exit 13. And Yonkers, traffic building in the Cross County Parkway, westbound between Midland Avenue, Yonkers, and the Sawmill Parkway. Up in Poughkeepsie, we have traffic coming to a halt. State Highway 376, southbound between Maloney Road and Angels Hill Road. Uh, late running road work at the uh, Route 376 at all Angels Hill Road intersections. So, Evidently something going on up there. Checking the bridges and tunnels. GWV inbound upper okay. Lower okay. Outbound heavy Lincoln inbound okay. Outbound 20 to 30. Holland inbound okay from the turnpike. 5 to 10 from Route 1 to 9. Outbound 30 to 40 minute delays. I'm Bob Brown with your 77 WABC traffic and transit update. Oh knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Barry White. 
do that. What are you crying for? Says Barry. What are you crying for? See, I told you. Is it because you're sad? No. Or mad? Or what? So much to give. That's Barry White on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. My man, Barry. You know, I, I, I yeah, I'm not going to do this. Yeah, I want to do it. Um, who is the, the rapper that, that uh, Barack Obama called the jackass all those years ago? Does anybody know? Who was that? I remember he called some rapper a jackass. Okay. If I will get the answer, I'll let you know. Anyway, I think it might have been um, Kanye West. Well, the late, it was him? Okay. The latest episode, look, I try to ignore this stuff. I hate, it's like between the English guy and his and his American princess, uh, uh, Harry and, and what's her name, Megan and 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 this guy and the Kardashians and then the other ones that are every week screwing some new basketball player or football player or whatever. I mean that whole like Jerry Springer scene in the news. I really do try to ignore. But there was a headline today. I'm like, are you serious? It was in the Post. Kanye West goes after Trevor Noah with racial slur because this guy Noah defended Kim Kardashian. And in this little divorce spat that they're having. Now, I am not a fan of Trevor Moore. I thought he was overrated when they put him in for the other guy that I also thought was overrated, John Stewart. And I frankly didn't watch them much. But at least I could understand Trevor Noah's point, looking at all this news, saying, hey, would you just please stop harassing this woman in public? If you're going to fight like that, take it behind closed doors. Why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you doing this to your wife? Why are you doing this to your kids in public? You're making a jackass out of yourself. And so now Kanye West has directed a racial slur that I still am trying to figure out what he called him because it's not really clear from the press report. Anyway, this I, would somebody, there's got to be somebody around Kanye West that can tell him, bro, you need some meds. You need some, you need some couch time and you need some meds. And you need to stop like acting like a jackass. He's supposed to be some kind of genius. That's what we've been told. In fact, there's a movie on Netflix about what a genius he is. He looks like a total jackass these days. See, Obama was right about something, apparently. All right, Disney employees, let's move on to the rat kingdom, the rodent kingdom. Disney employees are threatening. Now, they are going to hold stage. They're going to stage walkouts over the don't say gay bill. This is uh, coming from the Hill. Due to the lack of compassion and advocacy, TWDC's LGBTQIA plus community and their allies are determined to take a stand via multiple direct actions, including both virtual and in-person protests. 
Organizers of this are writing in an open letter. These Disney employees are going to hold a walkout. They're going to hold a bunch of walkouts over the next few weeks because they don't think TWDC, that would be the Walt Disney Company, or as I like to call them, the Rodent Kingdom, the Walt Disney Company leadership didn't come out against this bill in Florida strong enough. I am waiting for the day. It's not going to happen here because these people bend over and grab the ankles every time liberals whine at them. They n- Notice they never do that for conservatives. Conservatives can protest about some garbage movie that they've put out with horrible morals. They're sending a bad message. And these companies stick their finger up at conservatives. You know which finger. They don't care. But when liberals start complaining, oh, boy, they bend over, they grab the ankles. But I am waiting for the day that one of these companies where these woke employees think they run the company, where they threaten the owners of the company with something, and then they're promptly fired and replaced. It's as if they think that they are there at the job and that the job, that part of their job is to influence politics. It is not. These people have a very distorted view, in my view anyway, of what it is that they're supposed to do at work. And where the, if you want to protest on your own free time, this is America. God bless you. But you're going to actually go on strike against your employer, go on a walkout, because according to you, your employer didn't, wasn't sensitive enough about a law that you don't like. A law that, by the way, says that children between the ages of kindergarten and third grade shouldn't be over-sexualized with all this stuff. Let their parents handle the sexualization part. If you listen to Mayor Giuliani, he went through the poll in Politico today, and it is a poll that says the country split on this. There's the majority of people agree with the Florida law. It's a slim, a slim majority, 51%, but only 35, 36 are against it, are totally opposed. So if you really look at it, the overwhelming majority of Americans, including independents, are all for what's going on in Florida. They're tired of seeing these kids sexualized at such an early age. But that's not going to stop these liberals. It just never does. But I just hope one day that we all live long enough to see Some of these liberal progressives get up on their haunches and start this with their moral outrage against whatever it is that they're outraged about that hour, that day, that second. And their employee says to them, that's not why I hired you. Pack your things. Get out. You're fired. Waiting for that day. Speaking of some people that should have been fired, Here's a North Carolina school that held a mock slave auction. They put black students on the auction. One was sold, quote-unquote, sold for $350, while teenagers in this school were singing songs with the N-word in it. This happened in front of staff and faculty. 
And the only reason that it came to light was because one of the kids came home and told his parents what was going on there. This has happened in Chatham County, one of their schools, and they're taking this very seriously. They say they're taking steps that won't happen again. This is not who we are. This is not, yes, who you are. It's what you did. And you had faculty and, and administrators watching this, and they didn't say anything? What the hell is wrong with these people? WABC Talk Radio 77. More of your calls coming right up. Don't you dare go away. We'll be right back. Oh, baby, you know who that is. EWF brings us back. Earth, wind, and fire. It is indeed all right being here at WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, Cats at Night comes up right after this program. Make sure you keep it here. Okay, I've been teasing this. Let me do this before I forget. There is a new Marvel superhero. Marvel has introduced the first Muslim superhero in its brand new series. The superhero trailer for Ms. Marvel was released yesterday, and Ms. Marvel is a 16-year-old Pakistani-American woman, girl. Guess what her name is? Kamala. <laughs> they really went there. Kamala. Oh, sorry. Um, Because that is someone's name other than the vice president. We're not making fun of the name. What we're making, I'm making fun of, is the fact that they knew what the reaction would be if they, why pick the name Kamala. There's only one reason. Well, maybe there are others, but in my mind, there's only one. So the official trailer for Ms. Marvel, again, released yesterday, shows a 16-year-old Pakistani-American girl, Kamala Khan. Doesn't quite have the same ring as Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan, but Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan. Actually, that sounds kind of good. Kamala Khan. Kind of like Omicron. Kamala Khan. Anyway. The trailer shows Kamala Khan struggling to fit in at school and at home. She spends her days constantly daydreaming about superheroes. Her favorite, of course, is Captain Marvel. And the event realizes one day, oh, my goodness, she's a superhero herself. Uh, Kamala Khan has the inhuman ability to alter shape and size. With an idealistic attitude as much as any power to make the world a better place. <gasps> oh, isn't this sweet? She's going to make the world a better place. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait to miss this one. Anyway, by the way, the, the earmarks are back. The, oh, we've got to take that call that just came in. We have to. And then I'll get to the order. Amy. Amy, hello, Amy, you're calling from your car. WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you, Amy? I'm so great. I love listening to you. And just now when I heard you, you know, going through um, everything you were saying about Kanye, I, I just needed to talk to you because we know that Kanye, you know, his interests are aligned very much with right-wing, like, Republican issues. So 
I don't trust everything that I hear about him or see in the media because we know that they're not above, you know, making someone look bad or distorting or not giving a whole truth when, he, you know, you're dealing with some. If he was a different, you know, if he had different politics, I don't know that we'd be seeing the same stories that they have about him or how, you know, so you said you, you didn't know that much about him. They call him a genius. So I just wanted to call to urge you because I totally, I know how he, I always had an opinion of him. And then when I started, you know, being exposed to him in different ways, um, he's like extremely interesting character. I'm not saying he is a jackass or not, but I wouldn't go so far as to say that, oh, Obama got one thing right. Maybe not. Kanye has some really good things to say. (laughs) Amy, thank you. Thank you so much for your call. And I hope you call back, darling. You be safe on the roads out there, okay? Now, listen, yes, maybe I jumped the gun by calling the guy a jackass, but I got to tell you something. He goes and he attacks Trevor Noor and, and calls him a racial slur. Now, this isn't being disputed. Some of the stuff that's going on in the news the past few days that I won't ever do the stories because it's just too lurid and too stupid for me to waste time with. It's like, you know, showing up at your ba- a girl's birthday party and then the, the weirdness that goes on. The, everything is in front of the cameras. And then, I don't know. Look, this guy apparently is having a hard time now that, now that his beautiful, beautiful wife, I'm sorry, his beautiful ex-wife has left him. But that's the way it goes, man. And you got to just pick yourself up and go on if you can. But it just seems to me so weird. Anyway, let's go to Steve in Manhattan, WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdly. Thank you, James. Um, I enjoy your show very much, and um, I wanted to bring up a couple of things. One is that if Eric Adams' attitude towards cell phone surveillance had been in effect in Milwaukee, there would have been no George Floyd, you know? Mm, Exactly right. Exactly the point. Thank you, Steve. Right to the point you were, and you made a brilliant point. Appreciate that. Let's go to Ralph. Let's stay in Manhattan with Ralph. WABC Talk Radio 77. Welcome, Ralph. What's on your mind? James, I think we can safely say that Kanye's a jackass. I'm with you 100% on that one. (laughs) I think we can agree on that. We can agree. You know, I'll tell you something about the mayor. His narcissistic ways never escapes me because I've recognized those characteristics in many, many people that I know, even some within myself. So I have to, you know, take ownership of that. But I'll tell you this, James, uh, if you notice how he refers to the city, he says he emphasizes it, James. He says it each and every time. My city, not our city, not yours or mine. But his city, he does it relentlessly. And every time he does it, I just, you know, I step back and I look at what he says. I see that demeanor and that real sure, he's so sure of himself. And I say, man, is he in it for the right reasons? Did he actually go into this thing? He was coronated, number one, James. You know that. He was was there and he knew he was going to win, you know, a couple of months before the election even went down. Did he get into it for the right reason or for celebrity? That's what you have to ask yourself. Well, that you raised the look. That's exactly, I think, one of the things that's been bothering me that I couldn't articulate. What is behind all of this with him? What is the what is this need that every time he goes out in front of the cameras, every single time, 
Everything has to be down to the, the fold on the handkerchief. Everything has to be immaculately perfect. It's, it, look, it is a job to pull yourself into that kind of perfection every time you walk out. It's not an easy thing. You have to spend time with it, right? And so, and then some of these remarks, you know, his cops, his city, and we're not seeing the results. I'm, you know, all the rest of that would be fine if he were doing what he said he was going to do. This city is still unsafe. This city still has failing schools that he's not addressing. This city is still suffering under the effects of COVID and the lockdowns that this governor and that that person that was mayor before inflicted on us. I don't care for him whether he – I don't want a GQ model. I want somebody that's going to fix this city, and, and it is not impossible the man that is on the show before me, Rudolph Giuliani, gave the lesson on how to do this. You start by the, the low-hanging fruit was the, was the crime on the street that we could all see. And that's where you start and you work your way up. And it worked. And he made New York safe. This can be done. Hailstorm in Freeport. Welcome WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Okay, I grew up in Richmond Hill, Queens, and the cops years ago used to be make believe they were homeless. They would be by Sufton Boulevard with the uh, drug epidemic needles and whatever the stuff is, and they would sit on garbage bags and look like homeless and catch them. I even lent my bucket truck to uh, undercover cops because they used to, uh, what do you call it, the, the, the Bell Telephone, whatever, Verizon, would give their bucket trucks, but they stopped doing it because the criminals got wise to it. you got to put decoys. Let the cops dress up in drag, okay, get 10% extra, and patrol um, wherever the crime is. And with technology today, you don't have to frisk a person. You can have a a meter on you when you're within three feet, okay, that says there's a gun in there. Hmm. What do you think? Well, you know, the mayor did say, and by the way, to his credit, oh, I'm just getting a text. That's a bad word. You should not use that word. What word? Oh, oh, the word that was used to describe Kanye. Jackass. Apparently it is offensive to some people to hear, and I apologize for that. I can't help it. He's a jackass. Um, Anyway, what I think about that is that the mayor did say that they were going to start with an innovative technology. So maybe... He's aligned with that thinking that they wouldn't have to do a, a a stop and frisk, that they could see from afar what was going on. Look, all I know is this mayor had better do something. Had better do something, and it better come quick. Carl in Long Island, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77, you're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. Hey, James, how are you? Good. Yeah, listen, this, this mayor is old show and no go. This whole thing with the camera is just to score some cheap political points with the police department to make them feel like he's on their side. He's never been on their side. Even when he called himself a cop, he wasn't on their side. This guy went to Albany. He got sent back to the city with a tail between his legs. He never heard anything about it since. 
So you know he believes in, in what they send him back and uh, why they send him back. He believes in that. That's why he doesn't do anything. He comes on, he comes on TV, he does a pretty, uh, comes out all pretty, does his show, and then he goes back in. Like, he's, like he says, you know, he, he's just going to come in and says what he got to say, and he's going to bounce. That's exactly what he's doing. Why are we surprised about it? Well, man, I tell you what, you, folks, you hear what, what people are saying about this mayor. It's not just me. I just don't understand what his thinking is. How do you think that this is going to – he has to under, He has to know that this city is in serious need of leadership, in serious need. I mean, we have people that are afraid to come out of their houses now. This has to stop. People have to feel safe when they go to Penn Station. People have to feel safe when they go to the major transportation hubs like the Port Authority. People have to feel safe when they're going in a store that they're not going to be intruded upon by smash-and-grab gangs who might accidentally take their lives. What is happening to Asian women in New York City, this fear that they have to live in, this has to be corrected. We can't have New York citizens of any race, creed, color, religion, gender, living in fear because the criminals they feel are preying on them and no one will protect them. This crime problem has to be solved. And it's not going to get solved with designer suits. And it's not going to be solved with a lot of rhetoric about my cops and that you should stop filming my cops. James Golden, both literally with you. Tomorrow we're here, and Friday we're going to have a special guest. I'll give you a hint. He's one of the members of Five for Fighting, and he has written an amazing song about what's going on in the Ukraine. That's Friday. But meanwhile, John Katz is up next. Make sure you keep it here on WABC all day, all night. We are New York. We are Pennsylvania. We are Connecticut. We are New Jersey. We are the greatest city in the world, New York. We are America, a nation like no other. May God bless and protect you and your families, and especially look down with favor on those suffering in Ukraine. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then. Bye.